your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Monday, April 26th edition of Locked On Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can also follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And their Twitter page at Locked On NHL Pods. And don't forget the new Cross Check NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Boat Bar. Go to BoatBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order at BoatBar.com. So the Cats finished their season series against Carolina on this past Saturday. And there were times on Saturday where it felt as if it was going to happen again. The Carolina Hurricanes were going to find a way to beat the Florida Panthers once again in regulation because this started off as a win, two overtime losses, and then four straight regulation losses against the same Carolina Hurricanes team. However, Shortly after Pesci's goal, the Florida Panthers, just two minutes after, start their comeback by Gustav Forsling bringing it to a 3-2 game, and then Wenberg on a breakaway after Mackenzie Weger shot it, rebound, and then Wenberg scores to tie the game. And... What a game by Mackenzie Weger, a four-point night for Mackenzie Weger, who is the seventh defenseman in Florida Panthers history to have a four-point game with a goal, which was the first goal for the Panthers to tie the game at the 1935 mark of the first period, just as the period was ending. And he led the team with seven blocks in this one. And he was just everywhere on the offensive side. He was all over the place in the defensive zone as well. And I talk about Mackenzie Weger as like this diamond in the rough, a seventh round pick who gets top line minutes, who was Aaron Ekblad's main partner this season. And as Aaron Ekblad went down, Mackenzie Weger continued on that top line role, now inserted with. Gustav Forsling, and Mackenzie Weger is continuing to prove why he is a top-line defenseman for this team, and the Florida Panthers don't win that game without Weger, and they don't even get to overtime without him. And there were times where the Florida Panthers once again struggled on the power play, where they went 0-4. So, if you really think about it, 
one for 13 in that two-game series against Carolina. But going into that overtime, even though the Carolina Hurricanes were going to end up with at least one point going into that overtime, I tweeted this on the LO underscore FLA Panthers page saying, you know what? The fact that the Carolina Hurricanes get that point at this point doesn't matter. What matters is that the Florida Panthers got a W and that increases their confidence and it creates that lasting impression going into a possible second round matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. It's not going to be a first round matchup because the only way that happens is if the Tampa Bay Lightning win the division. And sure, the Tampa Bay Lightning won tonight. Well, yesterday, because this is dropping tomorrow. They won against Columbus 4-3, to but they struggled against Columbus. They've struggled against some of the lesser teams as well. They've struggled at times against Detroit. They've struggled at times against others. And it's not even the fact that Tampa Bay has struggled sometimes against the bottom teams. It's the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes, after Saturday's game, don't have to face the Tampa Bay Lightning nor the Florida Panthers until possibly the postseason. So the Canes are a point ahead against the, the Panthers with two games in hand. I have a really hard time believing that the Florida Panthers, the fact that they didn't even really take care of business at all against Carolina this season, that they're going to find their way to leapfrog them. And same thing with Tampa Bay. They have, both teams have a tougher schedule than the Carolina Hurricanes do going forward. And the Canes have taken care of business as of late. As far as the season series of Carolina versus Tampa Bay, both each split the season series in points, 9-9. to But with the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes have dominated that series against Florida. 14 to 6. Every single game in this series, Carolina got a point, only dropping two this whole time. In the first game, they got an overtime loss, and in the last game, which was Saturday's, an overtime loss. And they won every single game in between, where the Florida Panthers got two overtime losses in that span. So, season series finishes 14 to 6 for the Florida Panthers against the Carolina Hurricanes. But one question is if they were to meet again would the florida panthers be able to beat carolina one thing that we've seen mostly this weekend is especially on the power play where the carolina hurricanes have three players lined up right at the blue line and one player back and everybody is meeting them at the blue line or as alex bumgartner says everyone's shifting towards one side as well and that's causing the puck to exit the zone to either reset or it bounces quickly back into the zone then it's going to be called an offside and Carolina does that very well and that's one thing the Florida Panthers need to figure out it's as if at this point with how bad the Florida Panthers have been on the power play against the Carolina Hurricanes it's as if Carolina should take penalties and be shorthanded on purpose against this team because weirdly this whole series the Florida Panthers have been better against the Carolina Hurricanes even strength than they have five on five, weirdly. 
And the Florida Panthers even got a shorty in this one. And while the Carolina Hurricanes also got a shorty in this series. So it's nuts. The, uh, it's weird how this game works sometimes. You, you expect to score when you're on the man advantage, and then sometimes you give up two shorthanded goals like they did on Thursday. And then Florida comes back with how bad they've been on the power play, and they get a shorty to start a comeback, to tie the game, which was on Wenberg's goal. And one person you also got to give credit to is Alexander Barkov, the captain, who has really been the one to really perform their best against the Carolina Hurricanes this season. That no-look shot by Alexander Barkov was just a thing of beauty and one that was replayed all over NHL Twitter the last few days. And the NHL world is recognizing the greatness of Alexander Barkov, and it's really helping that the Florida Panthers are winning in a season like this. The Florida Panthers were able to get that win, though, they, again, they lost the season series 14 points to six, but they got their con- a little bit of confidence and finished this series on a lasting impression saying that they're not going to go down without a fight. They're not going to let the Carolina Hurricanes bully them. They're not going to allow the Carolina Hurricanes to embarrass them. And for the most part, some of these games were close in the season series with the exception of a few, but I still believe that the Florida Panthers can still at least compete with the Carolina Hurricanes. They have plenty of time to watch tape, to look at the power play, to get healthy, more importantly, before eventually meeting up with them again. So great lasting impression that the Florida Panthers had against this Carolina Hurricanes team. In the next segment, I'm going to be chatting with the guys from the Locked On Nashville Predators podcast to discuss the upcoming back-to-back series against the Nashville Predators. You've been listening to Locked On Panthers. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using diamonds only responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique green show treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national expert. Subscribe to Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th to May 1st. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Predators podcast. 
a crossover with Locked On Panthers, just Justin Bradford, Matt Best. And joining us right now, we have our Armando Velez. Uh, Armando, man, thanks for doing this this crossover again, man. It's, it's good to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. It, it's been a little bit since we've seen each other, and a lot has changed between these two teams, which is why I wanted to get together with you guys. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's very curious. The Florida Panthers, I mean, we talked about this before, but going into the season, I don't think anyone expected the Florida Panthers to be in, in this situation going for the number one overall seed in the Central Division. Everyone was kind of expecting them to at least, you know, make a push for the playoffs of Joel Quenville, plenty of talent and lots of youth and everything. But no one expected this. So it's been obviously a pleasant surprise uh, for the Florida Panthers in such a good way that I'm sure fans down there are just kind of reeling at the fact that, oh my gosh, we, we're one of the top teams in this division and have a really solid chance at getting the number one overall in the division as well, right? Yeah. How, however, I do think the chances to get the number one overall seed in the Central is a little over because they finished two, four, and two against Carolina. They just wrapped up their season series on Saturday. The Carolina Hurricanes are a point ahead with two games in hand against the Panthers. So that and after Saturday's game, the Carolina Hurricanes don't face the Tampa Bay Lightning nor the Florida Panthers for the rest of the regular season. So I'm mentally prepared for a 2-3 matchup. Hey, I mean, it could be worse. You could be one of the three teams battling for the fourth spot yes. <laughs> right, yes. right now with like the National Predators, the Dallas Stars, the Chicago Blackhawks, even though Chicago's looking a little bit more out there too. So I know you mentioned the two teams in different positions right now. Obviously, Nashville's pushing, and these games coming up between these two teams are extremely important to both, but for different reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. How, how do you see this coming out in terms of especially – Let's look at it, you know, in net and, and things like that of how you think the Panthers are going to address this doubleheader, especially the back-to-back, because it's going to be a pretty unique situation with both teams having different things to battle for, so equally important for both. Yeah, thankfully, Chris Trieger just got back from a lower body injury just on Saturday, and they put in Spencer Knight on Tuesday against Columbus as, a, as his first NHL start, his NHL debut. But Joel Quenville said that he wanted to go back to his regular goalie rotation. So it looks like that was just going to be one spot start with Drieger having the lower body injury. But, hey, he's back. So if I had to guess, because Chris Drieger got the win on Saturday, I think he's going to roll with Chris Drieger on Monday, if I had to guess, and then Bobrovsky on Tuesday. So right now, as it stands, let's look at Florida's schedule. You got two against Nashville, one against Chicago coming up, another against Chicago, Dallas, Tampa Bay. Basically, the games that aren't against Tampa Bay is the mentality for the Florida Panthers win or bust. Also, I need you to talk to me about that Barkov no-look goal because, (laughs) oh my goodness, I don't usually get up and go, oh, holy things I can't say on this podcast but that made me get up. It's that little <laughs> subtle move by Barkov that is just so unbelievably nasty. So yeah, it's, is it winter bust against teams not named Tampa Bay and give me your take on that Barkov goal. So I'll, I'll go with the winter bust. The Florida Panthers have relatively played well against every single team this season, except for the Carolina hurricanes, which the Carolina hurricanes won the season series 14 points to six. They're just about even with Tampa Bay, and they have a winning record against pretty much every everyone else. So the men- 
because it's hockey. However, you still want that home ice regardless, because in a, if the Florida Panthers were to face the Tampa Bay lightning in the playoffs for the first time ever, you want to be at home. And I know a lot of places around the U S aren't even having fans, but the Florida Panthers for the playoffs are looking to increase capacity up to 47% for the first round of the playoffs. And if they advance, in my opinion, this is a little nuts. If they advance, they're going to, they're looking to increase it to hundred percent slowly, but surely. Oh, yeah. I got, I got my first dose of the vaccine. So when I get my second dose personally, for me, it won't really affect me, but it could affect other people. But giddy up. <laughs> going back to the what's a vaccine? <laughs> Canada doesn't have that going on for it right now. So now to the Barkov goal. The Florida Panthers, five years ago from Saturday, was the five year anniversary of the infamous Trocek was tripped game against the New York Islanders, which led to the John Tavares goal to tie it and then the Islanders won it in overtime. Yesterday, in that 24 seconds of overtime, Trocek was tripped by Mackenzie Weger, and then it led to a rush on the other side. And as Barkov was doing that no-look shot, it looked like, can't tell from the camera angle, it looked like he was looking at Vincent Trocek in of an FU because throughout this whole season series, Trocek has scored in almost every single game. He scored in six out of the eight games that they faced off against each other. So there's a little bit of bad blood between them and the Carolina Hurricanes currently. That'd be a hell of a fun playoff series. Absolutely. And with where the Carolina Hurricanes are right now with just being in the Eastern Conference final a few years ago and the Florida Panthers, I said this on my Friday show, that they're still learning how to win. And the fact that Carolina has kicked their ass, they're 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 pissed, and they they want that matchup in the playoffs. They want they want it. You could just tell. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I know Carolina was pretty pissed coming into the matchups against Nashville after getting beat by Detroit twice, and I mean Nashville felt the brunt of that one. That's for sure. So uh, pissed off is is probably the the lack of better terms in terms of the this season with all these teams playing each other so much that you can just see that none of these teams like each other uh, mm-hmm. whatsoever. And so let's flip it in the next segment and have Armando ask us some questions about Nashville, because we got a little taste of what Florida's going through right now. And I mean, it's exciting times there and down in Nashville, everybody's kind of clenching their butts waiting to see what's going to happen. So let's uh, flip that up next here on lockdown predators and lockdown Panthers. Built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The improved built bar is even delicious or with 18 amazing flavors and six new flavors of caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. And today's flavor profile is Cherry Barcia with 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch with a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. 
Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code. Locked On. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Panthers and the Locked On Predators podcast. And in this segment, I'll be the one asking the guys questions about their team. So I was looking at the schedule for the Nashville Predators in this one, and they got off to a rocky start. They're this is something I've referred on my show about the Nashville Predators uh, play as of late it, as a surge. And it all started for them on March 15th with their win against Tampa Bay. Florida was in between that, but in between that Florida and Nashville didn't play. There's a trade deadline. There's questions about a possible rebuild or blowing it up. And they were stuck in the, that bubble and Matt had a little bit of a comment to tell me about how he felt at the time with that surge, that the winning as of late at the time. What's it like now, now that they're competing for a playoff spot? The Dallas Stars are ahead by 2,000th of a percentage point currently in the standings, but with two games in hand and two points behind. So what's it like now in Nashville? Justin, you want this? That's, yeah, that's, it's, it's weird, man. <laughs> it's, it's been really weird because when March began, and obviously our listeners have heard us say this so many different times, it's, it's been weird since because going into this big road trip in March that we call the gauntlet, the National Predators lost three games against the top teams. And thinking, oh, this is going to be brutal. This is going to be the end of the season. Lo and behold, they get a winning record on that road trip. Uh, and then so that gives the fans a little bit of hope. And then they continued winning. And Yusuf Saros was playing out of his mind so much so that he's been one of the top goaltenders in the league since March, which is just crazy to think about with how much he struggled. And then they keep getting mo- some quality wins. They, they beat Tampa. They got a quality win over Tampa. Yeah, Barbara, I mean, not Bobrovsky, but Vasilevsky was not in goal. Okay, but still, they, they beat Tampa. They, they get quality wins. They still haven't beat Carolina, but they, they've continued to beat Dallas. They took care of business against Chicago overall. They took care of business against Detroit. Uh, so... They're taking care of business, but they still cannot overall beat the top teams, especially looking at their overall record. Fans are very aware of that, that they are playing like a team battling for fourth, which is at the beginning of the season, we thought that. And then they had that big downward turn. We're going (laughs) six or seventh at best (laughs) right now. 
but now they're playing kind of where we thought they would be, which is playing for fourth place because they are not in the same tier. They're nowhere near the same tier as Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Florida right now. And so people are saying, okay, at least they're playing for this. It's going to be a brutal first round, <laughs> but at least they you know, can make some extra money getting into the playoffs to get a lot of good experience for a lot of these young guys, because there's been so many injuries for this team as well. And so there's been that silver lining look at, I think for the majority of the fan base, I think has been the silver line of, Hey, at least you're getting a lot of experience. This should bubble for the future. If general manager, David Poyle can make some good decisions this off season, that's what it's kind of coming down to is that, yes, this is good, but don't keep trying to bring it back and bring it together. Like Matt has said multiple times, don't try to always bring it back to bring some veteran wily veterans in and think you're going to make a run with that. You've got to go ahead with some of these young guys that are pushing forward. Yeah. See what happens with these guys in the playoffs. And if they lose, Okay, they, they lose. They have that experience. They know what, what it's like to lose so they can learn what it's like to win. Like you, you said, Armando, with, with Florida, learn how to win and do everything like that. So I'm sort of thinking everyone's kind of teetering on edge of, okay, make a run for the playoffs. We know this really isn't a Stanley Cup contender team, but it's good experience for the guys. You bring money in during a pandemic, which you absolutely need. But then, oh, dear God, what's going to happen in the offseason and the expansion draft? There's so many decisions to make. It's, it's more of that looking ahead of, well, shoot, now that they were good to finish the regular season overall compared to what expectations were, now what? Because before we, we were like, sell, 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 and you do, okay, everybody was in on selling. Then they showed they could be competitive, and now it's a hands in the air. Well, we don't even know now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, like, I went from full seller to three-quarter seller going into this offseason. I still believe that they should sell off the assets. And Justin and I talked about it on our last show. I don't see a world in which it's fiscally smart to have both Ryan Ellis and Matias Ekholm on the team at the same time next season. I just don't think there's a world in which you can do that. I think before the expansion draft comes, you need to kind of shed one of these guys. But to go back to your original question, the Predators beat the teams they were supposed to beat and then took games from teams where, yeah, you'd be lucky to get one or two, but don't expect to have a winning record against them. I mean, you look back, they beat Florida 2-1, and it's like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, Florida still has the season series, but they take a game, which is what we expected at the start of the season for them to steal a game here and there. And then they took advantage of, like Justin was saying, Curtis McElhaney starting a net. I mean, McElhaney, I think, is one of the worst backups in the league, and I think fans of the Central Division know that all too well now. Um, and then they're winning pivotal games against Dallas. But the fact of the matter is Nashville is starting to get it done, especially starting in March against those middle tier and lower tier teams. But if you look at where Tampa Bay, Florida, and Carolina are, it's like, think of your most gourmet steak restaurant that you can go to your biggest steakhouse. And that's that big three. And then imagine going to McDonald's, ordering a Big Mac, taking everything off and just eating the patties and being like, this is my steak. That's where the Predators are. They're in the McDonald's Big Mac patty steak realm of the world. They're nowhere near the class and elegance of these top three teams. They're not there yet. And if they continue on this run it back mentality, they're going to eat McDonald's for a long ass time. <laughs> Making me hungry here. It's uh, at this time of recording, it's 1047 and one of the few I restaurants got, still I got open. My dinner here and I'm ready to eat it after. <laughs> So it, you could also compare it to you have a group of guys or gals that like to eat their steak rare or medium. And then you have that one person who likes to eat it well done. I mean, oh, yeah, you have like a drunk friend on the grill that day <laughs> just making your steaks 
And that's where all these lower teams are. But it's a matter of like, all right, now who's going to teach this guy how to make your steaks correctly? In Detroit, I mean, they have a good chef at hand right now. They have a guy who's going out making sly moves and preparing his team for the future. Over in Chicago, they sold at the deadline. They made sure that they subtracted pieces. Another good move. David Poyle looks like he just wants McDonald's for life right now, going out, getting good Branson and not selling uh, little contracts. So to me, I understand keeping guys like Granlin and I understand the want to keep him long-term. He's a guy I'd make an exception for, but guys like Eric Holla and things like that, small pieces that you could have done away with, I think might bite the Predators in the rear end. If they miss the playoffs completely, then it absolutely bites them. But if they make the playoffs and get that experience, then I'll call the trade deadline a wash for Poyle and he can go back next year and maybe upgrade. I don't know. Like, all I have are Canadian food brands in my head right now. I was going to say Harvey's, which is like a more uppity burger joint. Hey, 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 people that know how I met your mother have heard of Harvey's. Yeah, so, so Harvey's, <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little higher class. But you just got to get out and get that damn good steak. There's only one way to do it, and it's just learning how to get there through smarter moves and not being content. So speaking of the, the race, all of the I've noticed that all of the wins against Dallas were all in overtime. So <laughs> Dallas has gotten a point in each of the in each of the games against Nashville. But those games that the Predators have lost against Dallas have been in the beginning of the season. So it's a I see it as a what have you done for me lately? And it looks like that with the Preds, they're able to challenge Dallas. And I'm seeing at the schedule that there's that I'm circling for me, even though I'm not a pan, even though I'm not a Predators nor Stars fan, that May first game against Dallas, which will be real, the real big determining game to who gets that final spot. And oh, oh five and one against Carolina, and then two two six and zero against Tampa, two four and zero. But like you said, but on the other end, you only dropped one point against Chicago, and that was just recently on. <laughs> this this Wednesday. So you're Nashville's doing well beating the lesser teams, but I I see four, I'm doing the math in my head, four 15 and one against Carolina, Tampa, and Florida. That's so bad. so yeah. That's real bad. What it's would be bad. if they were to yeah. make the if they were to make if they were to make the playoffs, get that final spot, what would be a successful playoff series? For you guys, win a game, winning a game, win a game. Okay, <laughs> well, that was just easy for both just, of us. We're on the same track just here. One game, that's all. One or home if you're game. gonna lose one... all of them, lose them all in overtime. That's it. Okay, just be competitive, don't get the wheels blown off you every night. That's it. I like any Preds fan who would go into a series expecting a win against any of those three teams, and I mean a series win is huffing something. Because and that's just and then if feasible. they're helping something really good then and if the predators somehow pull off an upset because we've seen weird things at sports weird oh, things yeah. happen right but it's like a 95 percent chance that it won't mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. or even higher uh than that especially if they face carolina who is just the achilles heel for the natural predators yeah. so they just do not match up well and then tampa they can outperform them but vasileski will save their ass so mm-hmm. i i mean and this is no slight against florida but i think it's just because of the, some of the questions in net that Florida's had, that would be the best matchup, but I still think it's over in five or six. No more than six by any means. It's just that would be the best overall, but it still doesn't mean anything for the, for the Predators. Yeah. Mm. One more question. Last time we spoke, we were talking about how Pekka Rene was having a better season than UC Saros. 
and UC Soros had an injury at the time of that right. recording. Oh man! This time around, it's flipped. What what has been what has been changed in his game throughout this stretch? I mean, right before the injury, Saros was starting to turn it on. And then since he came back, it has been, Yusuf Saros has been one of the determining factors for this Predators team being so much better. I mean, there's, there's been so many times that even in some losses where he has looked stellar, the offense just couldn't give him a goal to work with. I think it was one of the, the losses against Florida, actually, that he made over 40 saves in a 2-0 loss, I believe it was. Against and Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Predators just couldn't muster a goal or, or two goals to, to help him out a little bit. So he's just been playing lights out. He's He's been playing so well that to the point that if he had been playing this well all season, he obviously would be invested in a conversation. And even right mm-hmm. now, I still think that he should be considered a top five goaltender in the league. And if he continues down this trend, top three, because he would be. The stats show that he would be. And it's completely just turned it on. And you look at the minimum games played of at least half the season, he fits that bill. He's played half the season. Uh, of games and that's what you want to at least look at in a shortened season like this so yeah he's flipped the switch and it's hard to tell what exactly has happened because it's not like he's getting overall better defensive support necessarily he's just playing better overall he's he's playing better he flipped the switch and he's turned into something that i know the predators have wanted to see from him and he's been a slow starter his entire career it's just that they would hope that being named the starter this season and especially back in the playoffs that he would okay, take it from there and not just be a slow starter with spot games and spot duty. No, he's a very slow starter, and it was awful beginning of the season. Then it somehow just a switch flipped, and it's difficult to say why, but all of a sudden he's tracking the puck better. He's being way more athletic with his saves. He's just reading everything better, too. And I think a lot of things clicked with the Predators team overall, too. It wasn't just him, but the National Predators, something clicked, and we, we've been saying the term buy-in because that's what they've been saying as well as buying in. They bought in the system and, and trusted the system they're trying to play, what Hines is trying to do, and overall they've just been playing better. They still have a lot to improve upon, uh, but they've oh, just boy. been – Playing, playing overall better in the system that they're given for at least they can be a little more competitive and give themselves a chance to win. Yeah. I'll Matt. give Saros's credit where credit's due uh, positionally as an undersized goaltender, you have to be positionally sound. And in the beginning of the year, Saros looked a little slow and his positioning was kind of whack. But if you look at the tape over the last two, three, four weeks where he's been on this actually eight weeks, probably where he's been on this absolute tear his positioning has been top-notch. He's never lost around his net. Uh, if there's an odd deflection or two in front of the net, he's in the right spot in order to have a chance at saving it there. A lot of the goals that have been beating Saros have been deflections off of hips, off of skates, off of sticks. Uh, and more often than not, that's how a goalie is going to get beat in the NHL. But you look at how Saros is now positioning himself. As a guy that's 5'11", uh, he deserves a lot of credit. Like Justin said, top five in Vesna for sure. The only people I have in front of him, to be quite honest with you right now, Grubauer is number one. That guy is on another level. Marc-Andre Fleury would be my number two. And I got to tuck Saros in there at number three. He, This team is nothing without Saros for the last two months. And you, you think he'll be, if game one were tomorrow, he's the starter, correct? Oh, oh no yeah. Question. Oh, yeah, yeah. No question. Okay. So uh, with, with a win tomorrow, the Florida Panthers will officially clinch a playoff spot. Their magic number will be two entering this series. So I want to thank you guys for joining me on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Predators podcast. And who knows, this might 
or might not be the last time we speak on a possible <laughs> playoff series. Let, let's see. We'll see. Any, anything can happen. It's so close, especially those top three. <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Armando. See ya. And thank you once again to Justin Bradford and Matt Best for joining me on this conversation to discuss the upcoming series between the Florida Panthers and the Nashville Predators. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Follow the Twitter page at LO underscore FLA Panthers to follow along during the game and in between. Make sure to follow the national show Locked on NHL on their Twitter, Locked on NHL Pods. And don't forget the new Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked on Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.